Welcome to another edition of the ONG Strike Zone. Happy holidays. Brian Fulford, Kelvin Rozier, Kofi Hemingway. I, what are you, what's going on there, Kelvin? What are you doing? Striking, man. I'm striking. Can you hear me, dude? I hear can you, you hear now. Me? I hear you just asking. I just heard you it ask. Looks, I'm going to log I hear out. You yet? Okay. All right, so Kofi's going to log out, and <laughs> we're we're going to try this. We're gonna we're gonna do a, a reset here. Three, two, one. Good evening, and welcome to another live edition of the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, and Kofi here, and uh, we're going to get ourselves going, get ourselves together here for our live show uh, tonight. Kelvin, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, Brian. I'm, I'm 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 loving it, man. I'm in the Christmas spirit, man. Uh, I I'm missing football a little bit, but there's a lot of news going on that I'm I'm really excited to talk about, man. Uh, so so I'm doing well. What about you? I, I'm 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 well. I'm well. Uh, busy time of the year, getting myself together for getting ready for the celebration bowl, baby. Uh, I will be making my first trip to the Celebration Bowl in Atlanta next week. So I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. Uh, so, yeah. Kofi, how are you doing tonight? I don't think he made it back. Didn't make it back in? All right. I don't know. You know, producer Mel got us on the uh, the three-camera shot, so I, I thought he was still there. I'm, I'm looking at him on the back end. So, you know, that's one of the beautiful things about – live live uh broadcasting here you know we try to try to get everything squared away so uh while we while we try to pick it all up here uh i see you were in the in the christmas spirit there kelvin you got the you got the hat on you got the wreath going on i think kofi's back with us kofi you back with us how you doing my friend i'm fine how are you i'm well i'm well Great. I'm trying uh, all to right. see so, if there's a delay. Is there a delay? I hear you. Uh, I I don't I, I don't know about the, the 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 visual in terms of connection between the visual and the audio. Uh, right now, you know, it sounds like we're hearing each other on the same page. I don't know what it's looking like though. So, okay, we'll uh we'll 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 figure that out as we go here. Uh, but look, I, I know we got a, a lot to, to get into in today's show. Um, obviously, we're going to get into some of the heavy news that's been happening in our in and around our conference involving Coach Prime, Coach Sanders, Deion Sanders, Jackson State. And then we'll also get into talking uh, a little bit about the FCS 
and the voting and things of that nature. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of people saying that. A lot of people saying that. And then uh, coming up at the bottom of hour two, Coach Simmons is going to join us. So, uh, yeah, I got a couple people in the chat room uh, letting us know. Coach uh, Mel, any, any Melly Mel in the back, uh, anything that we can uh, take a look into regarding the delay between the audio and visual let's, for the uh, YouTube Let's stream. log out and log right back in. Well, we don't want to all log off and do that because then that would require us to have to go to a break. But uh, I guess if we want to try that, we can. Uh, so let's take a producer Mel. Let's take a quick two minute break. See if we all reset ourselves while you're running the, uh, the, the good stuff in the background and then we'll come back. So hang in there, folks. Give us two minutes. We're going to try to reset our connections. You're watching ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. It's like a loot machine. All around town, trying to get down. Majesty is a premium health and wellness tea line focused on bringing delicious yet healthy tea blends to the community. Filled with an abundance of vitamins and antioxidants, we work to blend teas with exotic spices and fruits to produce scrumptious and wholesome beverages. So check us out at MyMajestees.com. That's M-Y-M-A-J-E-S-T-E-A-S.com. My Majesties, an Urban Passport member. Let's get back to strolling instead of scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your fam. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thins reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Caville of Dr. Caville's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard, as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. It's been difficult because I hadn't been able to see my grandchildren. An expression on someone's face when you do something nice for them. I miss all my friends in school. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccine. The Sweet and Smoky Salmon Rub infuses smoked black pepper with dehydrated maple syrup, pink Himalayan salt, ginger, thyme, mustard, and more to make a sweet, savory rub. Perfect for salmon, trout, and other delicate seafood. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience 
and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. Some carriers will give you just one measly entertainment subscription. One is no fun. With Verizon, there's up to seven entertainment subscriptions with your unlimited plan. That's seven times the... <laughs> seven times the... No, no. Seven times the... Yes. Music, gaming, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, ESPN+, Plus, and more. That's seven times the entertainment. Because everyone deserves better. And with plans starting at just $35, better costs less than you think. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian Fulford, Kelvin Rozier, Kofi Hemingway. Uh, thanks for for uh, hanging in there with us. All right, so so fellas, look, let's get into obviously the the main story, the main topic du jour centers around Coach Prime deciding to 
uh, head to uh, Colorado and coach the Colorado Buffaloes of the Pac-12. And so, I mean, a lot of opinions, a lot of places that we can go with this. Uh, obviously, my concern or my thoughts today, Wednesday, here on the ONG, as we talk and always discuss all things related to FAMU and FAMU athletics, is how this affects us. Uh, what this looks like for us and how how we could be, I don't want to say next, but we we could come out of this in a better place, what this shows us. So I, I guess, you know, I see lots of thoughts here. We can go in a lot of directions. Uh, I'll start with you, Kelvin, because, I mean, anybody who been you've been listening to shows the last two days, you've heard my thoughts on Sunday, you've heard Kofi's thoughts on Monday, uh, Kelvin, I don't think we've heard your uh, voice in the public spaces. So let's kind of start with you. Your your thoughts on uh, Coach Prime heading off the Buffalo. I'm going to try to say this without being too uh, divisive. But uh, uh, we get into our feelings way too much for me. Uh, Jackson State hired a football coach. That football coach was there for three years. He won two titles. He was undefeated in the, tw- in the swag twice. He improved their locker rooms. He gave back part of his salary. Um, you know, great uniform combinations. Got a new turf field. So, um, while he was at JSU, he did right by JSU. He did an outstanding job by any metrics, as a matter of fact, above and beyond. He wasn't okay. He was excellent. That's all you can ask from an employee while they're an employee is to to be the best, and he was the best. So I I don't know. um, I know me and Kofi and even I think Brian, we talked off camera all during the season about whether or not this was a – Long-term commitment, or uh, was it a, uh, was it dating? Was it was just a casual relationship? <laughs> I don't know why people thought you know they they were married. There was no there was he, he never put a ring on it. <laughs> he never said he was gonna be there forever. As a matter of fact, he said just the opposite. He was taking interviews, and um. He was. He even said, you know, he'd be foolish not to listen to offers. So, I mean, and up until he got his degree from HBCU, an opportunity to coach at a collegiate level at HBCU, he had not really been around HBCU since his FSU days when he used to hang on the set with us. Mm-hmm. So I don't, you know, I think people hear what they want to hear, right? I don't think he misled anybody, you know. I think he's pretty transparent guy, frankly. And you know, folks take the whole savior uh, uh, mentality and so forth. But I just think, you know, at the end of the day, people in their feelings. The man did his job; he did it well, and he's got a, he's got another opportunity, making a hell of a lot more money. And, and I, I'll say something as someone who's been there. Man, sometimes it's good a way to get it's good to get away from y'all. <laughs> I mean, you don't understand 
you don't understand the burden and strain it is when you when you in the fight and you're trying to make things happen and you're making things happen and uh but but you don't understand all those different battles that you go through and how that weigh on you. It weighs on you, it weighs on your family and friends. It, it's tough. It's tough work. Athletics at any HBCU is a it's a thankless job. So I can understand people. Um, when they get other opportunities or they get burned out or, or whatever the case may be. And the other side that nobody ever talk about is uh, like he was supposed to be committed to um, the university, like, you know, more than any other employee, but uh, the university ain't supposed to be committed to him. You know, and what I mean by that is, you know, if he wasn't winning, if he was losing, they would have been trying to get rid of his contract and get him out of there. So it works the opposite way also, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I've seen employees who do a heck of a job and been at, been been on been on uh, campuses for 17 years and and uh, end up not being not being employed anymore for no reason. Mm-hmm. And, and contrarily, I've seen other employees who had our HBCUs, who alumni, who connected, who don't do jack. They get way more than they give back, and, and that accepted. So at the end of the day, uh, yeah, I, I I I I thank Dion. I, I I applaud what he did. Um, I would actually like to see him stay, because I would like to I would like to beat I would like for us to beat his butt. <laughs> but uh, but at the end of the day, he made his decision, and I respect it. Point blank. Kofi, your words. Any anything, any thoughts have changed over the last 24, 48 hours for you? Well, you know, it's 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 many layers to it. A, you know, as as my brother Kelvin already stated, this is America. So <laughs> you have the right to um pursue your destiny as you see fit. It's your decision at the end of the day. Um, I think where many people got confused and had an issue was Dion's salesmanship in regards to the fact of whether or not God told him and brought him to Jackson and he was on assignment and God called him and he got people to believe and, you know, all of those things. And people, (laughs) people got, people got really caught up in that. You know, in addition to that, um, let's just go to the relationship scenario, right? Because um, everything you do or when, you, when you're when uh, you about life, um, at some point it's going to include relationship. So all relationships have to be defined. Even your working relationships have to be defined. And they're constantly being defined. And when there's a breach or uh, in the communication or some one party doesn't do what they say that they're going to do, ultimately the dynamics of the relationship will change. That's the part that's a little ambiguous. Now, did I really think that Dion was going to be there long-term? The answer is no. Did and and I think what happened was, you know, 
Um, people are upset because, you know, Dion's going to be Dion. He's going to say whatever he feels like saying. Um, and much of what he said exposed a lot of the dysfunction within the Jackson State community. Um, you know, and we would like to keep those, you know, you know how we do. What happens in the house stays in the house, et cetera, et cetera. You shouldn't be putting us all out there like that. Well, you know, I remember when uh, Coach Billy Joe was our coach. And there were several things in the contract that um, were agreed upon um, as incentives. You win the MEAC, you get a bonus. You get to the playoffs, you get a bonus. You you beat uh, you uh, you win the Florida Classic, you get a bonus. Um, you win the Atlanta Classic, you get a bonus. You you finish ranked, you get a bonus. And, you know, at some point, Billy was like, Coach Joe was like, um, bring me my money, you know, and uh, <laughs> rightfully so. And it got to the point where he would put stuff out there in the Democrat so that everybody, um, everybody could see it. And a lot of fam Ewans really did have an issue with that, you know, but it is what it is. It is what it is at this point. He's gone. He's made his decision. Um, Jackson State has to find a new coach. Um, you know, and as far as uh as far as fam you goes, uh, I can't be overly concerned about what happens at Jackson State. I'm not necessarily happy that he's gone, but he's gone. So let's move on. Uh I'm 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 intrigued by from an administrative level the power play the the power play between the president of Jackson State Coach Prime and I think it feels like the ADs like caught in the middle uh, because I'm curious just the decision to uh, with some of the stuff that I've seen come out lately about the funds that supposedly in deals that were prearranged that haven't been put forth or set into motion deals that were supposed to happen that didn't, uh, it, it makes it look like it's a bad look. I, I saw someone say a headline that there was money stolen. Well, I don't know if money was necessarily stolen or was it appropriated properly. You know what I'm saying? Um, I heard Dion say in his in remarks to the team uh, that he would not let anybody tell him he was not coaching in the Celebration Bowl. And I'm like, okay. You know, is that truly his decision? How much of, apparently, you know, word maybe coming out that the president did not want him to coach in the Celebration Bowl. But what the AD did, of course, I Ashley Robinson did. Um, and then, I, you know, I don't know if I, if, if I, I'm always curious about coaches who make the decision to leave after the regular season game and still have a bowl game. It's something that happens uh, in a lot of France, a lot of programs this time of year because of the NCAA schedule as it relates to hiring and recruiting. 
Uh, it's really unfair to the coaches. It's really unfair to the players. So first and foremost, I think the NCAA calendar needs to be adjusted so that coaches and players are not put into, and administrations aren't put into this situation, right? Um, and so I'm just, I'm just fascinated. How, how you, how, I, again, I, I can't, I'm not a Jackson State fan, but I know when we put a poll out on Sunday, we asked, Jack, we asked just our audience, would you, you know, if you were a Jackson State fan, would Jack, would you want Coach Prime to, to, to coach? You know, after you see videos and the press conference of him in Colorado Buffalo gear, would you want Shador to lead your team out on the field at the Celebration Bowl? Given the fact that now he's already been claimed as QB one at Colorado, wherein and, and you know, it's, so it's just, it's just interesting to me from that respect. And and just you know, in my world, I, I like to say this: in my world, if I were in that position of power, that wouldn't happen. But guess what? I'm not the AD. I'm not the president. Uh, so on and so forth. So it's not my you know. But I'm just I'm just speaking for me. As I was a lead administrator, I, what you guys have any hey, hey, Brian. thoughts on that? Quickly, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, Brian. So the issue I have with your statement is you making it unilaterally as a administrator. You're not taking into consideration what the team wants. Maybe the team wants wants to finish the season together with the person who led them throughout the season. And, and that often happens. Um, I've witnessed that often happens with uh, administrations across uh, universities that, um, in which they don't consider the student athlete. Now, if it was an issue with the student athletes, then I agree with you. If the student athletes want to finish what they started together, because you spend a lot of time, man, with each other and, and building that chemistry and that team mentality. So if they want to, if they want to, you know, go out with in a blaze together, then I'm gonna support I'm gonna support my student athletes first, period. That's a, that's just my thoughts. I, you know what? Valid valid points. I I respect that. I, I, I see that angle, you know. Um I I might counter that by saying sometimes uh well no I you're you're right because at the end of the day if it's I I've, I I I get that because, like I said, today is it about the student athletes or is it the image? I think you do take a a hit from an image perspective. You may piss off a lot of boosters, a lot of donors, while you may be yes doing best for the interests of the students, the student athletes. There's a lot of boosters who have feelings about probably seeing a guy who's not even their coach out there coaching at the celebration bowl. Um, you know, so it, so it, it, it'll be interesting to kind of see what kind of what that relationship is like. And I know that's a tough road. And, and again, I, I put it all on the NCAA scheduling and schedule because if the schedule were better and tell me if you agree with this, uh, mm-hmm. Kelvin, we'll take a break. If, if the schedule were different, the, for example, if the recruiting and live period were not when it is, you wouldn't see possibly so many coaches getting fired on that Monday earlier in the week because you wouldn't have to deal with the whole 
getting getting in, getting a new system, let the new recruits know that you're on campus and so on and so forth. You can let things play out until after the bowl season. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I, and, I, and that's why I put the scheduling <laughs> on the NCAA as it is. But I mean, look, it's a system the way it is. Uh, your your thoughts quickly, Kelvin, before we go to break. You got you got to consider an academic calendar and being fair again to the student athletes, Brian. Uh, Finals exams don't happen until uh, the second week in December or the third week in December. And um, if student athletes are going to transfer and be eligible to participate with a new destination in the in the spring, then the calendar is is the calendar, right? Because they have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, be able to communicate with the different schools and be sure that they can get accepted into their whatever destination they're going. So I think the academic calendar of universities kind of drives some of that calendar also. And and so in short, there's no magic pill that's going to satisfy everybody. I, I do like the tweet that they did where the, they, they put the, um, the uh, early signing period uh, to the December right before Christmas so that finals are over and all you got left from the FBS standpoint is bowl games. Uh, the FCS standpoint, all the games are already played. So that's a better solution. Um, I, I don't know if you can do much more than that, frankly. All right. Good points. Um Kofi, we'll come back and get your thoughts on that. But coming up on the other side of the break, we're going to get a chance to take a a look at the perception of not only FAMU, but HBCUs amongst the FCS poll voters. We've actually got a Rattler, uh, and a FAMU SBI grad, who's going to be coming on with us on the other side. He's actually an FCS voter, has been one for for seven years, and we can get his perspective on FAMU, Jackson State, and HBCUs in general as in, in this world of SES, where we know a lot of things aren't uh, I, I, equal. Let's put it like that, for lack of a better word. Coming up on the other side, you're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. I'm returning to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Oh, we've got a good 
Mangos Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992 or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mangos Caribbean Restaurant, authentic Caribbean cuisine. This is Carlos Brown, letting you know that we're on the move. You can now catch the Carlos Brown Show beginning this July on the Black College Sports Network each and every Saturday from 11 to 1 Eastern Time. That's 10 to 12 Central Time. Same time, new place. On Facebook at the Carlos Brown Show and Black College Sports Network. Online at www.mybcsn.net and on the BCSN app, available on Google Play and the Apple App Store. Five-star backyards, Yellowwood brand pressure-treated pine. It doesn't have this yellow tag. You don't want it. G Strike Zone, Brian Fulford, Kelvin Rozier, Kofi Hemingway. Joining us right now is a Rattler, a, uh, a FAMU SBI alumni. Uh, shout out to SBI, mm-hmm. by the way. Uh, Reggie Thomas. And Reggie and I actually were connected to a mutual friend, uh, our good friend, the King Gay, out in uh, Portland. Shout out to the King Gay, who uh, uh, I had a chance to kind of hang with at the uh, Florida Classic. And that's when she, you know, hit me up and was like, hey, you know, we got a we got a Rattler that's uh, part of the FCS voting poll community. I said, really? I said, yeah, he's an SBI grad, too. And I said, oh, well, we definitely got to talk. So, um, you know, after we got through the holiday and uh, Reggie's birthday last weekend, happy birthday to you, by the way, belated birthday to <laughs> you, you, Reggie. Uh, we, we, we said, hey, let's get him on the show and kind of talk because obviously – the FCS playoffs are hot. Uh, you know, obviously, we're all disappointed. A lot of Rattlers are disappointed in the fact that uh, FAMU didn't get in. Um, so let's start first with you kind of giving a little background on how you entered the space of becoming a, a pollster, a voter in the FCS poll, and even uh, obviously – with uh, the analyst, which formerly used to be Stats Perform, um, and just kind of give people the background on how that came to be. And, you know, just, yeah, kind of a little conversation that we had offline last week. Sure, sure. And thank you for having me, Brian. Um, Kudos to you and your crew uh, for this great show. And uh, good to see Rattlers doing some great things, as always. Um, I'm... By trade, I'm really a, I'm in banking and finance. So I tip my hat to all sports writers and journalists and, and folk who are really in the industry doing the work. 
but uh, like you guys, I'm a lover of football. Um, I've always followed college football. I grew up in South Carolina, which was a, a bedrock of, uh, you know, FBS and FCS teams. I went to FAMU, of course, which is MEAC school. So I naturally followed uh, FCS football as well. Uh, some years ago, um, I saw an article. I was just reading randomly uh, some sports articles. Um, and I saw something about, it was a black college. Uh, it said the, uh, the largest margin of victory between two black schools. And from what I know, or what I knew, I, I, I knew that was incorrect. So I like wrote back to the editor, said, hey, and gave him some information on what I thought was correct. And maybe a week or two later, the editor said, you know what, sir, after careful research, uh, you're correct. And so they, they did a reprint. And this is like some college football historian um, site at the time. This is like 2010. And so I didn't think anything about it, but all of a sudden I got emails and just, you know, I was getting contacted by all these writers. I mean, I'm talking like college historians, like who, who follow Ivy League and, and, you know, like Michigan and those type of writers. And uh, they were like, who is this guy? You know, like, and so the editor at the time, I was like, hey, would you like to write for us? I'm, dude, I'm not a writer. You know, I'm, I'm a banker, you know, like I'm, I just I just like, you know, sports. But um, it's like, well, maybe you can write on black college stuff for us. Say, so, OK, sure. So I maybe threw in a couple of articles and pieces. And along the way, I was like, you know what? It's not a lot of FCS media coverage just in general. Just think about it. Back 2010, you didn't see any highlights on ESPN and uh, different sports channels that uh, social media wasn't really that prevalent anyway at that time. So I created my own brand uh, called The Underdog. And so just a website that just has information and stats and things. And I had access to a, uh, a database that a lot of people didn't have access to. And so through that database, I was able to just to sort of throw out a lot of stats. And so I said, you know what? Let me push out. I got a little following. Let me create a digest, a sports digest of FCS news and stats and information, trivia, just something fun, a quick read. And I, I actually gained some, again, some followers from athletic departments across the across the country and a few, you know, a few folk who who write as well. And along the way. Um, I picked up, sort of befriended the senior editor for FCS football, Craig Haley, uh, who still is uh, sports.com, which is the largest sports stats company in the world, um, arguably. And so um, along that, along the way, maybe around 2012, 2013, he said, hey, Reg, would you like to be a voter? Um, and I think that sort of came about a couple of years of just having just like what we're doing now or what you guys do. Uh, debate, sports, games, players, um, little small, in, you know, internal chat rooms, if you will. And I guess he, you know, admired or maybe respected my opinion. And so in, since what, 20, 2012, 2013 or so, uh, I've been an FCS voter, uh, the top 25 poll uh, that comes out each week. 
and uh, we vote on by Sunday nights, and I think it's published on Monday afternoon. And so um, that's just been rolling ever since. And I find myself being somewhat insightful, being an analyst, an official analyst, if you will, on that level of play. Not an expert, and I'm still learning, but uh, I love that field of play, that level of play. It's very competitive. I like the championship um, structure, which which makes sort of sets it apart from FBS uh, until they started the BCS series. But um, that's pretty much where you know how it a small trail of, of, of how I got into it. It sort of fell into it. Um, also, I vote for the FCS awards, uh, which are your um, offensive player, defensive player of the year, um, the coach of the year, and the freshman of the year awards, and the uh, ADA All-America team as well, So, which is a position for position uh, voting. So that's just a just a, a, a nutshell, if you will, of, you know, how I got where I am, if you will. Right. And so as a, as a voter, you mentioned you vote every, every Sunday. Is there a certain, what's that, what's that timeline like in terms of when you have to have your votes in so on and so forth? Yeah. So usually, you know, West coast, big sky conference, Usually, you know, their their games are late. So after the last game of one of those teams, typically, or if there's a Sunday game, like when FAM and Jackson State play or in Labor Day weekend or, you know, that type of thing, we're given a time by, I think by midnight Sundays um, is when they like to have the votes in. And it's all, you know, online voting um, where you just – cash your votes in the top 25 and by ahead, monday i think monday oh, around noon monday around noon time or uh, 2 p.m so the um those that that poll comes out at that time yeah yeah kelvin go ahead what uh ask away in your next uh thoughts question there man i'm excited to ask you some questions man this is good stuff here <laughs> So I want to know, do you have an, first of all, what's your criteria in terms of uh, ranking uh, teams? And then I want you to talk to the um, gripe that I know a lot of HBCUs have um, with, you know, you know, dominant conferences, the Missouri, Missouri, Missouri Valley, the Big Sky, the Colonial, mm-hmm. and um, having all those multiple teams rank, even when they have them multiple losses versus uh, uh, HBCUs since you don't you typically have head-to-head because of regional mm-hmm. travel and so forth and common opponents. So just kind of talk about what is your criteria and then, and then um, you know, how, how you look at the HBCUs versus the rest of FCS. Sure. Uh, great question. And actually, it's not really a formula to it. Um, to where every voter has the same uh, score sheet, if you will. Um, but I will tell you mine. Um, mine is I'm a big advocate of non-conference play, non-conference, how, how well you do. And I think that trickles down to the end of the season when those bubble teams like uh, this year, FAMU, for an example, and Austin P and some others that didn't get in, 
what makes, you know, what, what's the big difference? And I look at how well teams really do on a non-conference level. To me, I, I, I love, if you can compete, you, you may not even win, but if you compete well against other non-conference uh, teams, uh, specifically, like you said, the Missouri Valley Conference, which is, you know, just, just been dominating over, you know, the last decade, at least, um, you, you have the, um, yeah, Big Sky, um, the Southern, the, the Colonial Athletic, those conferences just tend to not only play well with each other, because you can beat up each other all day, right? You, conference games, you, you, you play and, you know, you win the conference, great, but how well do you compete against even FBS teams as well? Like you have like a Delaware um, who was a six seed this year, they were one of two six seeds in their conference, in their respective conference, that made the playoffs. Where, like a two seed, like a FAMU or someone, didn't. So people say, well, what? Why six seed? How did they make it? Well, their first game they beat Navy. You know, it like tit for tat. You see how how well they compete. And so I drive. I keep driving that message about competing non-conference, competing non-conference. How do you stack up against others in your own division, which is FCS? I'm a big advocate of that. So I, I look at that as I poll. Um, I look at um, um, not necessarily margin of victory, but if you if you have a team that's consistently dominating within their in their games, whomever they play, I think that's a that's a big um, component as well. So those are those are two things that that mainly hang for me. And where they where they sit within their own conference as well. So I, I preach the non-conference, but you have to take care of business in internally as well um, to to have, in my eyes, uh, notoriety and you know, to be on the polls. Um, now, f for in terms of um, the HBCU conferences, the SWAC and the MEAC, I drive the same message. Um, and you know, we talk a lot of smack. Uh, within those two conferences, um, and we we have fun, uh, we all have fun. We debate, uh, you know. Of course, the last two years with Jackson State and what they've accomplished has just been grand. Um, but I I hold up, you know, I hold up my flag and say, well, who have you played too? You know, this year you hadn't really played anyone. Well, you played you had Campbell, which actually for some reason had a deflating season after they. Uh, went to Jackson, um, and then they played. Um, uh, well, they played Tennessee State, which is an annual game, a uh, classic game that they played. Tennessee State was down, but I would love to see more competition outside the scheduling. I know a lot of times is for years out, um, but I tip my hat to a lot of teams who have in the past positioned themselves to at least compete. Um, Hampton has always competed. They didn't always win, but they always competed in Colonial. And they happen to be in the Colonial now. Um, Howard has done the same, has stepped out. A&T, as they uh, continued their winning streak uh, over several years, their five, six-year streak of, of winning, they went out, they scheduled North Dakota State this year. They actually scheduled them in 2020 when they were hot. And um, got it handed to them this year, but at least you're competing. You're trying to see where do I fit, 
where who am I amongst my league? So that's 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 pretty much pretty much my take on it. Kofi, go ahead. So if you were FAMU's AD, uh, understanding our scheduling dilemma, what would be your ideal schedule for Florida Agriculture and Mechanical University? Wow, man, that's you're going to get me in trouble. <laughs> what, what, <laughs> how would I schedule? Man, look, I would I would schedule and, and me and Josh Padilla, he's he's um, he's he's in the AD office. We've we've chatted as well. Um, I would love to talk with Tiffany uh, Don Sykes when when she, when she gets settled as well. But I would seeing how well FAMU has. I mean, the last three seasons we've been what nine and two. Um, let's take Fort Valley off and Albany off, Albany State off, and place it with a Sanford, who happens to be playing continually. They they won the Southern Conference. We actually had a, a home and home with Sanford a few years ago. We lost them, but we compete. So something regional, Chattanooga, Mercer. Um, Mercer has had some good years. They missed the playoffs. They've been on the bubble. Furman, um, something regional. Even, I mean, I would even step down to Stetson, uh, which is in the Pioneer Football League, but, but it's still something regional, something um, that makes sense um, where you can – you don't have to go across country to play, but something that, that really makes sense. You got a few teams in Tennessee. You got East of Kentucky. That's what I would sort of push. Um, um, you want to keep a South Carolina state, maybe that MEAC rival, um, maybe pick A&T back up or so. Uh, but definitely I would switch out um, one of the Division two games for a very strong home and home, some type of home and home against a, a, a strong FCS competitor. So how do you and, feel and about keep, keep your, keep your money game. I'm, I'm cool with money games. I'm cool with, with the central Florida, South Florida, or, you know, Miami or somebody. Um, I would love to see us play Florida state one year, but um, I see Southern played, played um, uh, LSU, you know, so a little cross town thing, but, but uh, that's that's what I would do, man. Sorry to cut you off. No worries, man. You answered. You went. You were in the spirit, so you went right into that question. <laughs> um, obviously, uh, Reggie, there was a lot of disappointment of FAMU not getting in. Um, I know at the time, I think they were ranked twentieth uh, in the in the in the polls. Um, I, and so, my I guess one of the questions, obviously there's a difference. Between, well, let me just ask this. What is your thought on the criteria when you heard the criteria that the NCAA selection committee, committee used? What were your thoughts in hearing their criteria and explanation as to why Florida A&M was not selected into the playoffs? Um, and I think – the commission or the chairman, I forget his name, but I think that it may be his first year. So it was a brother that was on there as well. And yeah. I commend, I first commend Jay Walker vote, for. What's that? Oh, yeah. Okay. I said, yeah, it's not, yeah. Kid folk, not kid folks. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Um, 
I was I was a little disheartened by the criteria um, again, but I but I, I honestly I get it. Um, I understand that Fam was a bubble team, and and one of the things too we have to admit, actually Fam was like twenty. I think they were twenty fifth. Uh, the coaches poll maybe had them higher, but it's the stats FCS poll that actually is the bread and butter. So coaches poll is just is just more or less, um, you know, that's that's what it is. It's, it's amongst their peers, like the coaching peers. Um, but the, the the criteria that I heard, unfortunately, it made sense um, for us being the bubble team that we were. Um, and I'll, I'll juxtapose that to let to the prior year. Last year we got in with the same record, but we had different outcomes in the the team in in our losses, if you will. We played a excuse me, we played a South Florida team, um, you know, somewhat respect respectable last year. Lost by one to Jackson after not playing what it was almost. 200 days or something that we didn't yeah. play. Yes. Yeah. So we had, we finished the regular season, uh, number one defense in the FCS regular season ending last year. Um, subsequently we had the, uh, the, uh, Buck Buchanan winner and Isaiah land. Um, so it was like a lot of, and we were ranked within the top, definitely within the top 20, I believe last year. Um, so exposure matters. So voters, for an example, someone on the West Coast who follows Big Sky or follows, you know, Ohio Valley or whomever may not even pay attention to HBCU football, um, you know, swack at that. They may not see a FAMU, but if you if you see someone in the in the polls that's ranked, and I, I try to push ranking as a as, as a poll voter, I try to garner, hey, let's rank, let's rank, let's rank this, this team, and here's why. They got to be seen. So this year, I don't think FAMU didn't really come on to that last game after Alabama State seemed like that game, which we crossed fingers for them to win that. Um, we really we weren't seen, and I think it was sort of overshadowed also by our devastating loss to Jackson State did not help. Um, so I, I think it was it was like, hey fam, you really you have the resume um, to at least be at the table, but you know, just I I I I, I sort of get where they were coming from with the, with the criteria. Um, because the two teams that did get in that I, I mentioned before that were six seeds, Montana and um, and Delaware, right, had a, had more tit for tat. They really had a better resume of non conference wins, and and again, Delaware beat not Navy. Not Montana. Not Montana. Hey, here's the pushback. You 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 going right okay. where I wanted to go? Delaware go. did have that FBS win over uh, uh, Navy by like six seven points first game of the season. They also beat mm-hmm. three bad HBCU teams. Um, you know they played me. Delaware at State, they played Delaware, Morgan, and um, what Hampton, who's who's in that league. 
So, mm-hmm. so the only quality win they had was that one win early in the season against a bad Navy team, a three and eight Navy team. Um, Montana mm-hmm. didn't really have any good conference wins. They had no wins over a team with a winning record, and their wins were against teams in their conference who all had four, three, two, and one win. So they yeah. had no quality wins. And, and so my point is, and it goes back to something that you actually mentioned about when I asked about criteria for voting, and, and something that the uh, the the uh, president of the of the uh, FCS uh, selection committee said, what he mm-hmm. what he implied is not a criteria in terms mm-hmm. of uh, um, what they're supposed to be looking at, right? Um, when he mm-hmm. mentioned uh, D two, D two losses or wins is not a consideration. How many FCS right. wins you have is a consideration, though, right? Fam, you had eight. Right. The teams you're talking about, some of them had six. Uh, at most, they had seven. The other thing I would say is that, um, um, you, you know, you're not supposed to consider close losses. Either mm-hmm. either you got quality wins or you don't. And again, because right. of regional, right. the regional difference is is just difficult. South Carolina State last year was the Miat champion. It was expected to be the the, the, the Miat champions this year, but they had a bad game. Right. That, that right. that's nothing we can do about. You talking about how competitive we were with South Florida? We were even more competitive with uh, University of North Carolina. North Carolina, the fourth quarter, yeah. that was a one game. Right. So it's it's still at the end of the day, it's still subjective, and and they kind of move the You're football, right. you know. The, the, the justified to me entitlement. So 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 I guess my other statement with uh, HBCUs in general, what can be done? I do agree with you. Uh, as long as we're going to be eligible for the playoffs, I, I do think we need to get rid of the the D two and play a regional um, FCS mm-hmm. uh, PWC. I think that is something that we we can do and should do, but um. Ultimately, I'm not sure if that even gets us in uh, playing in our conference. And I want I want you you to talk about uh, this theory I have in terms of. So the FCS playoff is not really a money maker. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a call center, and it's not really viewed. You look at the 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 attendance of those first round and second round games for the even at the ones who usually have good attendance because it's Thanksgiving holidays and other factors. It's getting cold in those areas. Uh, the tennis was bad. And so mm-hmm. we know that, contrarily, the, the SWAT championship game was, was pretty packed. So is it smart for the FCS to create a situation where they're exclusive and they're not including HBCUs, both from a visual, from a product, and your tennis leaders and so forth? Do, do you think that... In, it's better to have that inclusion, like in um, in um, the, the 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 basketball tournament, versus the good old boy, you know, subjective way we're doing it right now. Yeah, uh, first of all, I, I totally agree with your statement earlier um, around Mon- Montana. Um, I will say this: um, it it to- it is subject. It comes down to subjectivity with with most stuff that you vote, you know, on on any level. Um, so you, you're right. In Montana, I think is one of 
few teams that has a track just have a track record. So anytime you just say the word Montana, people say, "Oh yeah, playoffs. What's their record and who do they play?" Yeah, let's put them in. So um, I get it. Uh, you, you're right. Um, my my thing on with the FCS playoffs, I'm a strong advocate of the playoffs, and um, from the standpoint of respect, from the standpoint of respect, if you, I mean, if you, the it doesn't mean that, like, if you play, if you, I just say from a, um, uh, not if you make the playoffs every year. Let me get my thoughts together. Jackson State has the most self appearances of any HBCU, but they hadn't won. They won twelve, so it doesn't mean anything from that standpoint. FAMU has the most wins at five, right? Playoff wins. So it's, but I think that, and a title ultimately just. And a title. Thank you. 1978 uh, against what? Uh, Massachusetts. So uh, people people forget that, by the way. They forget. They don't, they don't want to recall that. But yeah. I'm, a, I, I'm, I'm a strong advocate of, of the playoffs because it, 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 I think year in, year out, you earn that respect. And sometimes they'll look and say, well, you know what? They have a track record of playing in the playoffs and they, they play well. Some teams even got in. Um, because they played well last year, you know, the previous year. And so maybe we can sell some tickets, you know, or create some buzz or, or you know, put them, maybe they can win a game or two and be on ESPN, like the, the games this upcoming weekend, three of them on ESPN too. Um, so, I mean, that's some exposure. Now, compared to the Celebration Bowl, you don't have the same exposure, but... You know, if you just compare the two, and it's definitely not any guaranteed money, but I just, man, just to be honest, man, I just, I love to see us compete and to do well as we compete. And then the more that we can be at the table to compete within the playoff system, um, the more voters and the more, you know, the, the, the committee members and the chairman would say, hey, FAMU's, FAMU's here. We expect them here. You know, they it's, it becomes a system. And that's how that North Dakota State, who, who gained success very quickly out of Division Two back in 2008 or nine, um, how they quickly got into a system. Now, of course, they you had to win. They had to win there, but you, you expect them there. And sometimes it becomes a human behavior thing where you just say, oh, okay, uh, let, let's say like preseason ranking. Uh, you don't even know, sometimes you don't know what a team has until three, four games in anyway. But the name recognition is there. You know, uh, the old, I mean, you, you we can go down a list of names uh, from Villanova to Delaware, or, you know, South Dakota State, who's hot, who are, who's my pick to win it um, this year, by the way. You know, and the, the name recognition Who's is there. Name? So I don't know. That's that's just sort of my stance as far as with with the SWAC in this case, the SWAC and the MEAC and, and how they can sort of position them. So I would just love to see us more at the table to be in the playoffs, um, to have that year over year thing um, going on. Hey, Hopefully that uh, answers um, some of the questions. I don't, know if that, I don't know if I went straight at your question though, but. No, no, you, 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 hey, yeah, you, 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 you got it. You got 
Uh, Kofi, I want to give you the last um, word. We're running short on time with our segment, but I, I want you to get in no there with, uh, with a final thought question there with Reggie. How important is it for us to have representation at the table during playoff selection time? Um, we, in terms of um, the uh, SWAT HBCU. conference or MIA conference, yeah, yeah, I think it's I think it's critical. I think it's critical to be to have representation. Um, but like you said, you know, before you know, skinfolk ain't kinfolk all the time per se, but but at least you have a voice. Um, just like with with voting, um, just just being in a in a position to cast a vote as we do politically, you know, and, you know, in, in life is you have a voice and, um, you, you got politics, you got the elites and you got people who, you know, no matter what they're, they're vying for their conference. Well, we need somebody at the table to represent, um, for our conferences as well, that can speak, um, you know, on, on our behalf to say, wait a minute, what about FAMU or what about this team or that team that, uh, that needs a nod? Uh, I don't always agree with Jay Walker as an, um, you know, but, but sometimes he will say, say the right things at the right time on TV, you know, where everyone can hear. And again, I, I applaud him for how he, you know, had the right questions uh, to the chairman on, on the selection right. uh, here, yep. uh, the past election. So representation matters, man. Um. Let me get you out of here, Reggie, with uh, a five. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you because there's always been, a, or at least relatively over the last 20 years, there's been a perception uh, that because, whether it be the SWAC and now the MEAC, because they're not a part, originally the SWAC and now the MEAC and SWAC, the fact that they aren't a part of the uh, playoffs by, by nature of their champion sending their mm -hmm. best team and don't have an automatic bid, that that among many voters sort of limits uh, the perception or the ranking. Um, you know, obviously Jackson State is pretty highly regarded, but I think they've kind of hit a ceiling. Would you, if you can, you know, as, as briefly as you can, just talk to that thought that is out there uh, and, and, and your thoughts mm -hmm. as you interact with other voters and as you interact uh, in different places when you travel across the country to games? That's a great, a great question. And let me tell you what, the Celebration Bowl, in my opinion, is not well respected amongst other uh, FCS conference voters and just, just um, personnel, uh, in my opinion. Uh, from from a social media standpoint of like tweets and Twitter or what have you and just internal chat rooms is it's either it's like, you know, Jackson State, or at least over the last two years, has stood out so much. It's like everybody else is just crumbs in both conferences, even Central, who has a, a very good team who I think will will may not win the celebration bowl, but will definitely compete if they don't win. Richard is a good quarterback. Um, and you know, it's solid team. Um, no respect, no, no respect, um, amongst outside and, and, and outside. So 
uh, I, I think just, it sort of goes back to the to the representation piece where we may know something that you don't know. Um, somebody needs to speak on their behalf. But in my travels, or not that I travel a lot, but games that I go to and I'm sitting in a press box or whatever and just listening to folk, it's it's not well received. Um, It's almost like, oh, that's their HBCU thing. Let them have that. And if they get into the playoffs, we know they're not going to win anything because they hadn't won anything in so long anyway. So because... You know, FAMU, even last year, FAMU, it was it was a lot of hate going around um, non-conference wise in terms of why did why did we get in then? Um, you know, well, let them in. It's been so long. It's been since 1998, 97, whatever. Just it, that's that's really the notion. And, and, and to me, it goes back to what I said with just uh, establishing that that respect piece on the playoff. Um, I think that was sort of. I don't know. Some people just may Reggie, say, yeah, real, who, cares, "Who cares what they think?" Yeah, yeah. Real quick, because our HBCUs have had several wins out of conference. I mean, even if you go back to 2018, uh, 2019, mm-hmm. when South Carolina State beat a 15th ranked um, Wofford team, the only losses okay. that they had were to North Carolina A&T who ended up mm-hmm. winning the conference because FAMU couldn't go, and FAMU, all right? But they beat the 15th-ranked mm-hmm. Wofford team. I mean, people see what they want to see, and they say what yep. they want to right. say because they don't want to be engaged. You know, uh, they don't want to care. Um, but so, Hey, time, don't, don't, don't forget Central. Don't forget Central beat uh, New Hampshire. Central New Hampshire, out. Crap, in New, Hampshire. Uh, New Hampshire, and it's like yeah, they beat New Hampshire – they beat uh they beat uh multiple uh PWIs uh to no avail. I mean, they choose not to respect on their own because I guess right, they right. feel entitled um to say what they mm-hmm. want to say. But the reality is our teams have kicked tail. Even if you look at the fact that uh 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 an all corn team who wasn't even middle of the pack in the SWAC beat McNeese. They beat McNeese. Yeah. And Northwestern State got killed by Grambling, you know, from the yeah. the what is it, South Lane Conference? South, mm-hmm. you know, but they they choose to look at what they want to look at, you know, and they move the bar based off again. They they take advantage of the fact that there is no representation to ask the hard questions or to ask the necessary questions. Everybody gets, excuse me, pardon my French. Everybody gets their ass whooped sooner or later. Even Nick Saban as Montana in, against Montana plays State in the championship game and gets killed forty to sixteen by Clemson. Did they exclude him from the playoffs the following year because he got his ass whooped? No. Right. Right. I mean, you're, Urban you're, Meyer. You're exactly right. Yeah. Thirty-one to zip by Clemson team. Did they exclude mm-hmm. Urban Meyer? No. Right. 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 I mean, it, it, it's a whole nother show as far as like the, the, the politics and and we we know who runs it um, and, and what they, yeah. you know, what the powers that be, mm-hmm. they're going to do what they're going to do eventually. They're going to think how they think. So um, I, I think just to 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 your point, it's just a matter of uh, name recognition. You mentioned South Carolina State was the first thing you said. South Carolina State is well respected. 
Um, I think collectively, you know, we can have our one-offs like A&T, they, their runs they had years ago when Tariq Cohen was running. I mean, they, they, were, they were beating FBS teams too. Um, but I think collectively is, what, is where I was saying, you, you, your points are, are well taken. I think as a whole, it, it, it does become a white and black thing. Let's just be honest. Sometimes um, it's, it's just a matter of, you know, positioning ourselves the best that we can. Um, right. That's, you know, that's probably the probably best way I can yeah. put it. But yeah. your points are well taken, yeah. man. Yeah, I, I, I agree 100 with uh, what you just said there, Reggie. Sometimes uh, asking asking folks to uh, – respect a system that that doesn't respect us is uh like right. you said you start getting into a lot of <laughs> a whole nother show we start getting into a whole nother yeah. kind of show uh and it, and it becomes challenging and i think it's a it's a major sore point that you know i don't know it it, it, it it's not going to be solved in one night because there are two different there, there's definitely the thoughts that you know we understand the economics of what the celebration bowl mm -hmm. brings to HBCUs and just unfortunately, you know, who knows whether or how much of that is envy and jealousy outside because they don't yeah. have an opportunity to be in something like the celebration bowl. Right. And, mm -hmm. you know, so it, it, it's an interesting, uh, conversation and, and, uh, maybe we can, uh, pick up on it. Uh, after the Celebration Bowl, maybe even after we watch and see how the FCS championship plays. I know you said, who'd you say you picked, South Dakota State? So I think it's the year of the Jackrabbit, and I think I think they'll probably pull it through. But, no, um, you can't count out North Dakota State, though. Right. Can't right. count them out. Um, so, hey, yeah, maybe, right. so maybe what we am, am I correct that uh, the committee got it right in terms of seeding because the teams left are all one through eight? There's been no upsets, right? Mm. I, I, th I think that's about right. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, but without without me looking at a page, that, that's what it seems like. Even though it, yeah. it should it should have been a, a few last weekend, but I think they got something right there. Even down the Holy Cross and Incarnate Word, uh, but yeah, yeah, and you're right. Uh, that's that's yeah, good. But I, good I would insight. like to, I I would like to circle back on this, Reggie. Maybe sometime in January after the FCS, and then maybe you know fit, talk a little bit about more of the the the, the policies and, and the politics that goes into it. Uh, do you think there's any opportunities for, I don't know, you know, who's in the, obviously I'm not asking for your vote, but are, are there any HBCUs that any HBCU players that you think have an opportunity to win any of the major awards, uh, as we've done, you know, we won the Buck Buchanan, I say we HBCU players won the Buck Buchanan in the last two years. Do you think there's an opportunity for any HBCU players to win any of those major awards this year? Um, there, there aren't. Uh, I, I think that the top three have already been chosen in each category, and none of them are okay. um, HBCU schools. Um, okay. Uh, just FYI, Xavier Smith, I think, was tenth. He ended up tenth um, out of a list of twenty okay. Um, okay. On, in in his on the Walter Payton Award piece. But the but the top three have already been chosen. 
out of each category, which which doesn't in, include. I I don't care. How high did Shadour? Shadour uh, do you recall? Ah, uh, Shadour. He was he was in the top. He was in the top ten. As I don't want to say he was top ten or twelve. Uh, I have to. I, I sort of glanced at the list. Came out the other day. Okay. As far as where where they sat. Um, but yeah, he was he was in there. But of course, you know, he was the Jerry Rice Award last year. Uh, but yeah, didn't didn't quite didn't quite get there this year in in that top, at least the top three. They they recognize they invite the top three of those to come to uh, mm-hmm. Atlanta, New York, or wherever. But um, the others are just you know special recognition. Right. Okay. Uh, again, yeah. hey Reggie, thank you for your time this evening. I know we went a little bit longer than yeah. we planned, but um, I appreciate you giving us some insight uh, from somebody who is a pollster, who is a voter, who talks with other voters and pollsters to give us that perspective to kind of uh, answer a lot of thoughts and questions that folks have had. Uh, and and we definitely want you back in. Any plugs you want to give uh, or any any anything you want to promote? Uh, I'll give you an opportunity to do that. Oh, sure. Uh, thanks. Um, if uh, uh, the underdog.com, uh, D-A-W-G is how it's spelled dog. The underdog.com is my site. Um, I, it's really just a, a, a resting place for links and stats and things uh, about FCS football. And from there, you can go uh, to my Twitter page uh, from from that site as well, which um, which I do a lot of um, uh, debates and just just tweets. I'm more of a stat guy, so uh, that's that's typically my thing. Uh, but theunderdog.com is how you can sort of reach me from that. And also, I'll say I wanted to ask you guys: Is anyone going to the Celebration Bowl um, next week? I will be there. Brian? I will be there. Oh, cool, cool. I'll be. I plan on being there too, man. So, sounds good. Okay, great. I, we'll make sure. We'll make sure to connect. I'll make sure to reach out to you uh, next week, and then we'll uh, we'll catch up. Great, great. I appreciate you guys having me, and keep doing what you're doing, Rattlers. Proud of you, man. Appreciate Thank you. you Thank you for being that. Thank you for being that voice in the room. <laughs> uh, theunderdog.com, that's D-A-W-G.com. And uh, Reggie Thomas, we appreciate you. FAMU grad, FAMU SBI. And uh, let's take a break because it might be the only break we take. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we, we plan on having Coach Simmons. Uh, so let's, uh, let's step away and uh, do that. And then we'll come back with our final segment and Coach Simmons right after these words. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. Now, you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant-quality sheen to gravies and sauces. It's like a loot machine. Going around town, trying to get down. 
Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. You see Head & Shoulders has a scalp shield technology protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. Number 15? Never not working! I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head & Shoulders scalp shield. Never not working. We are making the virtual HBCU experience available wherever you live through Stillman Online. We offer online degrees in business, criminal justice, psychology, and religion. Stillman also offers technology badges in cybersecurity and data analytics. You can participate in all student activities, fraternities and sororities, internships, graduation ceremonies, and much more. Apply for admission today at stillman.edu. Stillman College will prepare you for a different world. to spice up your closet with trendy, unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Melvin Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvetboutique.com. That's www.melvetboutique.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique. Whether it's advice on managing your anxiety or tools to help you stay grounded, Coping 19 provides a range of resources and self-care tips to help you cope with this pandemic. We can help. Find the resources that work best for you at coping-19.org. Bounty versus the old family dish towel. Drying with a fresh sheet of Bounty leaves your hands cleaner than a used dish towel that can carry and redistribute food residue. So ditch the dish towel for better hand hygiene. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. One bite of 100% Angus beef ballpark frank, and you'll say... Hello, summer. Oh, yeah, it's ballpark season. Welcome back, 
back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, Kofi here. Uh, again, got to thank Reggie uh, Thomas for joining us in that last segment. The name of his website again, the, T-H-E, underdog, D-A-W-G dot com. That's his site. Uh, I think you've mentioned by that same name on Twitter. And that's where you can find him. Of course, he is a FAMU SBI grad. I believe he said 91 to 95 is when he was on the yard. So we were on the we were on the yard about the same time. Um, yeah. And, and bumping around in that SBI building. And so, uh, yeah, he uh, um, is an FCS poll voter with the analyst. And so, again, great perspective from that vantage point. All right. So let me, let's get to some news and notes here before we get our uh, head rattler uh, joining us here coming up a little. uh, First big headline, of course, coach Simmons was named the AFCA FCS region three coach of the year. So that is the American football coaches association uh, region three uh, most likely is the Southern region. Uh, They have five regions across the country and um, region three. Uh, he was the FCS winner. Uh, you know, Simmons became the third FAMU head coach to earn the regional coach of the year as Jake Gaither first earned the recognition in 1960, 61 and 63. And then Rudy Hubbard, coach Hubbard won it in 1977. I believe 77 was the unbeaten season, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Um, yes. so again, uh, to, yeah, to coach, uh, to, <laughs> I almost, I'm going to say coach, coach, uh, to quote coach Simmons, uh, he says, I'm extremely humbled to be named FCS region three coach of the year. This award is attributed to the hard work and dedication put forth by my coaching staff, support staff, and the best group of young men anyone can ask for to coach. It feels great to be recognized by my peers for what we've accomplished here. Um, Coach Simmons is one of five finalists for the AFCA FCS Coach of the Year. So, of course, the, th- the five regions now become the actual Coach of the Year. And the other candidates uh, come from the College of Holy Cross, Samford University, South Dakota State University, and Sacramento State University. And I, I, I'm, I'm so happy that coach was recognized because again I mean yes I know coach prime went undefeated but when I when I think about who has had to endure and sort of keep it all together and still be able to pull off a nine win season you you show me who else had to do what coach Simmons had to do this year Uh, if that ain't coach of the year material uh, with all respect to anybody else who won coach of the year in HBCU land on HBCU polls in the conference with all due respect to all those people. You show me who did more with what he had to deal with. I mean, when, when, when the documentaries put that, yeah, look, the stuff is coming out about beyond, but man, that, that, that ain't nothing to, to this. I, in my opinion, my opinion here. So, uh, I, I'll just say that. So, uh, congratulations. We'll get a chance to say that Percy to coach Simmons here coming up for Surely. Uh, of course, our volleyball, our Lady Rattlers, unfortunately, were not successful in their opening round match against Florida in the NCAA tournament. 
Uh, I believe that is the fifth time that we've had to play Florida. And now that these things have gone regional, uh, until Florida State or somebody else in the state gets good, good enough to beat Florida, I guess, we they're going to always be throwing Florida at us. So, I mean, we one of these days we'll find a way to – to get a set off of Florida, get a get a get a win one of these days. I just like to not be matched up against Florida in the opening match, personally. But anyway, uh, the ladies uh, and coach uh, coach Gokhan, they, they did had a great season, and uh, the uh, AVCA, uh, the American Volleyball Coaches Association, uh, named Dominique Washington. Uh, to their Southeast Region All-American Honorable Mention list for the second straight season. Uh, Dominique was the only player from an HBCU to make any ABCA regional list. Uh, Of course, those who aren't familiar or may have forgotten Dominique's stats, uh, she earned the uh, SWAT Player of the Year, first team All-SWAT, she was a SWAC tournament MVP and all SWAC tournament team for the second consecutive season. She finished the season with 425 kills, which was 65th in the nation, first in the conference, and 481.5 points, 71st in the nation, first in the SWAC. So congratulations. Congratulations to Dominique. Congratulations to the team. Uh, Kelvin, I know you've got some news and notes, but we've got our guest. We've got our uh, our guest in line so kind of as we close the show we'll come back to those uh points that you have and at this time i would like to uh welcome onto the program the uh avca fcs region three coach of the year is the one and only coach willie simmons coach simmons thank you for taking time to join us how you doing coach I'm doing well, guys. Uh, glad to see everyone. How's everyone doing? Hey, we're doing, we doing, doing well, good. Coach. Glad doing to see well. you still in green, Coach. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Glad, glad to see you in, in green. Glad to see you in the office. Glad to see there's no boxes on the floor back there. It's all good, Coach. We love you. Uh, <laughs> hey, look, and we know it's 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 a big time recruiting season right now. Um, so obviously. Give us, uh, I know we got other questions we'll get into here, I'm sure, but let's, let's start us off with uh, kind of what's the schedule like for you and the coaching staff this time of the year? Right. So, uh, obviously, we're in the middle of recruiting right now. The, uh, we, we're in the contact period, which allows us to go out and actually uh, see prospective student athletes, talk to them, uh, start setting up home visits, uh, and really trying to uh, get guys on campus. And so, we had a few official visits over the last couple of weekends, and we plan to have a few more um, over the next couple of weekends before the early signing period, which is uh, December 21st. And so um, the transfer portal is, is is wide open, as we all know. Um, yeah. uh, started on Monday, and so we're kind of combing through uh, as many guys as we can, position by position, just trying to make sure that we identify the right type of young man and uh, – you know, get as much background information as we can before we make some really, really tough decisions to bring in some mid-year guys, and then we'll shift our focus more to the high school ranks once we get back from the new year uh, in, in early January. Um, we'll kind of, Kelvin, Kofi, we'll kind of go uh, rapid fire with our questions here. 
Uh, so we'll just kind of go one one question each, and then we'll kind of just keep it going uh, until uh, we get close to when we got to end with Coach. So, Kelvin, go ahead. Coach, I'm always interested in roster management. So uh, how many how many scholarships do you anticipate right now uh, that you'll have available, and how many you plan on using for the – what's your target for um, early signing period? Well, uh, we, we'll be able to sign close to a full class, um, you know, between the mid-year and, and the February signing period. And so right now we're just looking primarily at the mid-year guys. Uh, we have some positional needs that we want to fill um, on the offensive line, the defensive line, uh, and then in the defensive secondary. Those are really the priori priority positions. And so we want to try to bring in – as many guys at those positions as we can. And then once we get more to the high school ranks, that's more about building quality depth at the, the wide receiver position, um, the, the linebacker position, uh, and, and then cornerback. So, but our, our immediate needs right now are offensive line, defensive line, and uh, really specialists. You know, we lost two really good kickers. So we're in the process of trying to identify a, a potential kicker and punter that can maybe be here in the mid year. Kofi. Coach. So really with the uh, in the past year, we had uh, running backs with a lot of size. Um, they were they were basically power backs, but it seemed like it took a long time for us to get some explosive runs um, in our running game. So moving forward, I know we had some um, some four star recruits. I know we have been looking out there. Um, what are our efforts look like to be more explosive come 2023? Yeah, well, our, our um, wish list for the running back spot that we have uh, is more of a, a dynamic runner. Uh, we still have uh, Terrell Jennings returning as a power back. Um, DeAndre Francis, who, who has some of that playmaking ability, uh, will return as well. And, uh, you know, we anticipate getting some guys that didn't play this year um, eligible for next season. And so, uh, but we are still looking for that dynamic home run threat, uh, much like a Bishop Bonnet type runner. And um, there are some guys out there that we've identified, but again, it's, it's, it's making sure that we bring the right one uh, to the highest of seven hills. But you're yeah, definitely looking more for a lightning in the bottle type guy than, than maybe a big power back. Um, hey, uh, Coach, so really, you mentioned in one of the. Oh, go ahead, Kofi. Yeah, so really in the Florida Classic, and I want to say the last couple of games, we noticed the move to, I think, in the uh, the two-point conversion, Musa went under center. I think multiple times in the Florida Classic, Musa went under center. It seemed to open up um, some different things with the offense. Was that something that had been in the plan the whole time, or what made you all go to that particular move? Well, you know, we try to save some things in the bag for the Classic, and so that was one of them. To, um, to to create some some obvious run formations that we can maybe get some play action passes and take some shots down the field. And so um, we, we'll be a little bit more um, versatile this spring, and obviously that gives you a chance to experiment with a lot of things. Uh, obviously the one downside to going on the center is you do lose the element of the quarterback running. And so we want to, even though Moose is not quote-unquote a dual threat guy, uh, just to – the threat of being able to pull the ball on his own read 
um, does create conflict for the defense. And so we, we're, you know, I come from a shotgun background and we'll probably always be over 90% shotgun, uh, but there are some opportunities to get up on the center to, um, to give the defense something else to prepare for. Um, Coach, you, you mentioned in one of the previous times that we spoke about learning things about the transfer portal and, and just making sure that you had the right kind of guys or that you brought in the right kind of guys to limit, uh, I guess, issue or compliance issues. Um, as you go into this recruiting season, what kind of things have been able to be put in place so that issues regarding transfers don't occur again? Well, most of the issues that we ran into in relation to transfers all occurred with guys that we signed after the spring semester. We really didn't have any issues with mid-year signees. Uh, so we've spoken with um, the academic support staff, compliance staff, uh, you know, individuals in the registrar's office uh, to just make sure that we're able to do a really good job on the front end with the evaluation process. And then once they uh, enroll in school, then doing a really good job of making sure the information is, is input so that we can have a much more timely certification process. And so, um, you know, the mishaps that we encountered uh, this past football season, I, I don't foresee those being a challenge moving forward. Um, you know, we, we've never really had that many, but I think a lot of that was attributed to the transition uh, during the summer uh, or the spring, um, you know, with the change in uh, athletic leadership and then also losing some key individuals within the process and compliance and academics. And so now that we've restaffed those positions, um, now that we have uh, Tiffany Don Sites coming in as the athletic director who has a compliance background, uh, I, I don't foresee those issues being uh, problematic for us moving forward. Thank you, Coach. Go ahead, Calvin. Coach, you lost a lot of – well, you lost coaches close to the season last year, and you ended up coaching quarterbacks uh, as well as being a head coach and, and um, uh, I guess, play calling and everything. And I know part of that had to do with, you know, the timing of everything. Do you plan to maintain that, or are you going to reshuffle some things? Have you thought about it yet in terms of your, your staff? Well, every year we, we evaluate um, where we are as a staff and what we can do to improve. Um, this past season was the first season that we hired a full-time special teams coordinator uh, that solely coaches special teams. And so when, when you do that, you, you remove one of the 10 positions um, to coach special teams. So that now leaves nine. Well, there are technically five offensive positions, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, offensive line. And then the way we break up our defense, there are really five defensive positions, defensive line, linebacker, nickelbacks, safeties, and corners. And so um, I've always been under the, the, the thought process to give the defense five because as a play caller, I'm a glorified offensive coach as well. And so bringing in Coach Davis – it, with six, that that only leaves four full-time coaches left. And so just having to decide which position we wouldn't designate a full-time coach to, 
Um, but I've done that in the past. When I was at Prairie View for the first three years, I coached, I coached running backs the entire time. Uh, my first year here in 2018, I coached the quarterbacks. I brought Coach Black in in 2019 and in 2021, and he coached the quarterbacks. And then once he left to go with the Rams, I assumed the quarterback position again. So uh, it's, it's not something that I haven't done before. And so I'm familiar, I'm comfortable with that. If we stay, stick to the same blueprint as far as me coaching quarterbacks and um, or whether I move to another position and then leave maybe the quarterbacks for someone to coach full time. But Jeremy's really comfortable with the setup that we have. Uh, he really likes the head coach and the primary play caller uh, being his position coach. And so it's uh, I think you'll see the same type of jump performance wise in him that we saw in Ryan Stanley from 18 to 19. And uh, if he has that type of meteoric jump, uh, you're looking at a potential uh, Walter Payton, you know, award candidate in Jeremy Musa. All right, quick follow up with the quarterbacks. Then uh, Musa had a, re- a very solid year, really, really, really good, good year. Uh, what is the development like of those guys behind them? Is do you see any separation happening, or what's your expectation for that group? Well, you know, obviously you definitely want to build quality depth at every position. Um, We were fortunate this year that Jeremy didn't go down with any type of injury. So, um, you know, right now we have uh, four guys competing for that backup role. Um, You know, Junior Miritovic wasn't able to compete this year. Um, He had some things that he needed to complete, and um, he's on track to get those things done. So we anticipate him being – uh, ready to go this spring and then hopefully in the fall. Um, you know, Cameron Sapp is a guy that uh, took a few backup reps this past year. Uh, Ja'Cory Jordan, uh, you saw him going in the Classic uh, as a young guy. Uh, and then Trey Fisher, you know, you know as, as, a, as a quarterback. So uh, definitely want to continue to push those guys, develop them, and, and hopefully build some quality competition. You know, Jeremy's the incumbent, but, you know, there's no guarantee that he'll take the first snap um, down in the Orange Blossom Classic this year. And so um, we and we do intend to sign at least one quarterback. So there will be healthy competition. Not sure if that guy will be a transfer, older guy, whether it'll be a high school guy. But we will sign at least one quarterback, and um, he'll be in the fold as well. So definitely part of my responsibility as a, as a quarterback coach is to develop the entire group and not just the, the starter. And so I, I definitely have my hands full this spring with the development of those other four guys. Kofi, go ahead. Coach. So, yeah. So, really, you know, obviously it's Christmas time, and uh, I got two questions for you. So, we want to know um, what does the Christmas list look like for the FAMU football team? <laughs> what should Santa bring Coach um, Simmons and the, the mighty Rattler? Man, um, if, if, if I had a wish list, I can get a Santa. Have you been um, naughty or nice? It's no. taking a long time. <laughs> well, they're, they're, well, the, the thing is, there, there are a lot of uh, there, there are a lot of things on that wish list that don't don't want to be too greedy. Um, but you know, obviously, greedy, we want to continue to enhance. Yeah, we want to we want to continue to enhance the brand. Um, recruiting is such a huge part of our program, and so we've done a really good job. Our coaches have done a really good job of 
attracting quality student athletes and getting them on campus. It's when they get here, we want to be able to show them things to close the, the seal the deal. And, and a lot of that is what they see here in Gallimore Powell. And so just continue renovations, upgrades. Um, you know, we, we're really um, space limited here um, as far as, you know, meeting space, um, training room space, weight room space. That, that, that's been the one consistent um I don't want to call it a complaint because none of the guys are complaining. But during my exit meetings over the last week, um, I've gone through each department and asked the guys, you know, how they feel about the different areas, uh, equipment room, training room, video department, uh, operations, you name it. And, and, and the one consistent um, source of feedback is just a limited space. Right. You know, they, they, we have a great athletic trainer. Vinny's one of the top athletic trainers out there. We have a phenomenal strength conditioning coach. You know, Cole Forney is, is a rock star. Um, our video department is very solid. Um, but one guy recommended or, or suggested that we have team workouts in the weight room where we can have the entire team in the weight room at one time. He, he thinks it's great for team building and those. But right now we can't fit the entire team in the weight room. Uh, we don't have enough benches. We don't have enough uh, equipment to have one weightlifting session for the entire team. Um, a lot of the guys – felt that the training room got crowded, you know, when it gets to, to trying to get tape or trying to get treatment and, you know, you have limited space as well as other sports coming in to try to get treatment as well. So my number one wish list would just be a way to, to ex- expand Gallimore Powell Fieldhouse to, to increase the, 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 the usage of the fieldhouse to, to, to be more efficient. Oh, because so do you have any blueprints for that thing yet? Or is that just in the in the mind and, and, and that sort of thing? Well, Seriously. you know, uh, I'm, I'm a, a lot of things, but an architect's not one of them. So, no, I have not drawn up any renditions <laughs> of what, what that would look like. Um, I, I do I do think that, that uh, our previous administration um, had some ideas about what that would look like. I do know that there are some limitations as to what we can do here at Gallimore Powell because of the, the initial um, construction of the facility um, as far as where we can expand and how. And uh, But I do think that there are some renditions out there that would uh, allow us to expand it um, outward, um, not upward. We can't go up. We can go out. And so just seeing what that looks like. But, yeah, there are some drawings somewhere around here. Uh, I'll probably have to make a couple of phone calls to see if we can find them. But the, those conversations have been had in the past. Well, you know, let me just, you know, just say this because I know you're a man of God and you're a man of faith. But, um, you know, after going through everything that you all went through, I believe that this is indeed a time um, to ask so that you can receive everything that's there. I don't think it's you being greedy. This is this is absolutely a need um, <laughs> for our football team. if We're going to ever get uh, over the over the. Um, over the hump. Um, I think, you know, obviously now with the departure of Deion Sanders to Colorado, um, you know, a lot of people don't want to talk about it, but obviously Jackson State has been the only team that has beaten FAMU in the SWAC. And so um, what do we need to do specifically to get over the, the hump with that so that we can go undefeated in the SWAC in 2023? 
Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree with that. And so, yeah, just a way to to expand the field house would be my would be my number one priority. Um, um Coach, while before we let you go, I got to ask uh, because your your name did come up uh, as um, Coach uh, Sanders has uh, left Jackson State, heading to uh, Colorado. Um, so I'll, I'll ask the, the obvious question was in feel free to answer or not answer, but wasn't, was an offer extended to you to join him on staff at the university of Colorado? No, an offer, an offer was never made. Um, don't know where those, okay. um, where those, uh, accusations or something came from, but no, the, yeah, those rumors came from no. They, it, it was they were totally unfounded. You know, Coach Prime and I have a great relationship, and we talk um, biweekly or you know, every few weeks. Uh, we spoke the Thursday before the celebrate uh, before the championship game, and we text um, after the game. I congratulate them on winning the championship, and uh, those conversations were never had. So no, no, no talks about me going to Colorado in, in any capacity. So uh, Rattler Nation can sleep easy right, knowing okay. that I won't be. Going to buy cold weather gear out in Boulder. <laughs> Good to know. Uh, so, so we'll. I, I'll ask this then. Uh, given your your close relationship with Coach Prime, what kind of things do you think he brought when you when you look back over what he brought into the SWAT? Uh, maybe even for you personally, um, what do you think his contributions uh, will be or have been? over these past three seasons that he's been a part of the HBCU culture, uh, black college football, and the SWAT? Well, I, I definitely think uh, that he's been a tremendous voice. Um, he's been able to bring exposure to a lot of issues that we faced here at the, at the HBCU ranks for uh, many years, um, things that we've all faced things that we've all shared behind closed doors, things that we've all taken to our administrations. And uh, many of them, you know, that have not been addressed to the to the level that we would like them to be. And and so for him to publicly say those things and bring awareness and attention to um, the, the plight of, of many HBCUs as, as far as athletics go, um, I think that's his greatest contribution. Uh, you know, he, he, he definitely did a lot for Jackson State. Um, you know, college game day was on campus. Good Morning America was on campus. Um, they made history, you know, signing um, the number one player in America then Travis Hunter this past year. Um, first undefeated season in program history. So, again, he, he, he's done a tremendous amount for Jackson State individually, but just for HBCs in general. Um, one, I think he, did, again, brought a lot of awareness to some things that we have been dealing with. But also, um, I, I think he has opened a lot of eyes to prospective student-athletes that the HBCU experience is not an afterthought, that it's not second rate, um, that it's not a mistake, that if you choose to attend an HBCU and play football. I think a lot of guys nowadays um, feel the need to, quote, unquote, get back around their people and, and, and see and understand that the brand of football that we play is just as good as anyone else. And so the fact that we've been able to play on television – uh, 11 out of 12 times this year, 10 out of 11 games this year, uh, some form of live streaming. Um, I don't I, I don't want to say that's attributed to Coach Sanders, uh, Coach Prime, but 
I do think that just the resurgence and the, the increased interest in SWAC football, black college football over the last couple of years has, has definitely played a, a huge hand in that. So um, just thankful to, for what we're all doing, you know, and, and um, like I said today at 220 Club, you know, Coach Prime is gone. He's at he's at Colorado. Well, we got to continue to 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 move yeah. our programs upward. We got to continue to move our conference yeah. upward. We got to continue to uplift HBCU football. So it can't just be Deion Sanders saying it. It's got to be Willie Simmons. It's got to be um, Eric Dooley. It's got to right. be you know Buddy Pugh. Amen. Amen. It's also got to be good. It's also got to be you know Kofi Hemingway. Right. It's, it's got to be. You know, Dr. Robinson has got to be the commissioner, Dr. McClellan. We all have to tell our story in order for us to continue to to, to, to rise as, as individual programs and as HBCUs together. So um, I think he kind of woke us up. And now the ball is in our court to determine, determine what happens next. Well said. Well, Coach, well I mean, said. Brian, really, uh, Brian, 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 real quick question. Brian, real quick question, Coach. Uh, schedule. Uh, the way I looked at it, I look like we, we have two two out of conference games already. We have one that need to be scheduled. Is that the case? And what are you planning on doing with that game? Any any possibilities at this point? Yeah, we have one left to schedule. Um, I spoke with a interim AD Mike Smith today, and um, we have to circle back on that to determine um, how we how we feel that last spot, but yeah, we are in the talks about it and we hope to have a, a resolution here within the next week. And uh, so that we can complete our schedule and then get it out to the masses. What's the colors of the team coach? What's the colors of the team? The colors (laughs) of the team. Oh, that we're trying to play the colors of the team. We going to fill the schedule with. (laughs) <laughs> oh, well, no, I, I'm not sure yet. I'm not, I'm not sure. There are some options out there. Um, you know, there are two dates that we're that we're really toying with. And so just trying to, to see what's in the best interest of the program overall. Um, obviously, we want to try to schedule favorably for our rivalries and, and for our fans, but but also to make sure that we put our football team in the most advantageous position. And so. Um, one of the, the one of the available dates is right in the middle of the season, which you would love to have a bye week smack in the middle of the season. The other date is the week before the Florida Classic, and so there are there, there may be some benefits of being off the week before the Classic, but that means playing ten straight weeks as well. Which again, you know, uh, I don't know if it bodes well for our program to play ten straight weeks. So, um, but there are some options out there for both dates, and uh, we'll again as we get closer to. Next week, once we're able to really sit down and, and hammer all of those scenarios out, um, we'll be able to make a determination. But um, what, what colors are you thinking? I can tell you if, you, if you're warm or cold. Blue and gold. Uh. <laughs> Blue and gold. Yeah. I know y'all, y'all would love that one, wouldn't you? Oh man! Oh, oh, that, 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 Who is that? Shanks? No, Shanks High School. Now we're not coming to. We're not coming to uh, to brag. <laughs> no, Mercer, Mercer, man, Mercer. <laughs> man, look, hey, look, yeah, I, yeah, man, maybe. Coach, but, uh, would you be? Would you be up, up for? 
Oh, let, let me ask, Coach, would you be interested in playing in – I know we have one contest right now, obviously, in Miami, uh, in that pro stadium. Would the prospect of playing another, not uh, uh, say, a non-conference opponent uh, in maybe, say, Jacksonville, would that be interesting or appealing um, Not asking I, I, I'm anything, but just ask your opinion. I, I'm, I'm, well, I say old school. Um, I'm under the the, the, the the train of thought that uh, the more games we can have at Bragg, the better. Um, I just, you know, something about playing in, in your own home stadium. Um, I do understand the value of classic games and, you know, appealing to our fans in, in other places, but um, we got a 15-game home winning streak. I think that's for a reason. You know, we, we play extremely good football here at Bragg. Um, our fans really enjoy being here. The band can always be here in Bragg. And uh, so, again, I'm not opposed to classic games and, and, and traveling the team. But when you look up, when you look at the fact that we already have a, a yearly commitment to the Florida Classic, we've kind of committed ourselves over the next few years to the Orange Blossom Classic there in Miami to start the season. Uh, if, if you have another class, that's, that's three games away from your campus and two of those, you're probably the home team. And so just, just right. you know, you, you're, you're taking away opportunities to play here in Tallahassee. And um, I, I think there's some I think we're missing out on a lot when we don't play here at home. So, again, not opposed to going to Jacksonville, going to Atlanta, going to Tampa, those places. But maybe after we get out of the the the, the Orange Blossom Classic, if that's ever, you know, if that's something that we're looking to do down the line. Um, but maybe two, two is probably the most that, that I'd be looking forward to playing uh, in, in any given calendar year. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, coach. Hey, uh, thank you for your time this evening. Um, you know, obviously we're going to be following you and the coaching staff out on the road. Uh, so uh, safe travels to you guys. Uh, any any kind of nuggets or anything you want to drop our way, you know who to reach. You know how to reach us. We're always accessible. You know we uh, we we work for you. We work for you in the program, Coach. We all about you guys. So uh, we appreciate your time and uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you and the family. Happy all right, holidays. Coach. Merry Christmas. Uh, man, I see uh, Roger already got his Santa hat on, so I guess he. I'll be sending my <laughs> Christmas gifts to Roger uh, since he already got his hat on and everything. But no, I appreciate you yeah. guys, man. And, I work uh, Thanks for, for, for <laughs> Yes, sir. I appreciate it. So Merry Christmas, Happy New Years, and uh, look forward to catching up with you guys uh, in in twenty twenty three. Yes, sir. Let's go. All right. All right. All right. The head the head ball coach, ladies and gentlemen, Coach Willie Simmons, always dropping uh, dropping in. Always a friend of the show. Uh, great information. Calvin, before we get ready to close it up, I know you had a few news and notes that you want to drop on the folks before we close out. Well, the main thing I really want to mention is uh, we still have some interim positions out there. We need a director of track. We still have an interim there. And I know they've gone through a process. And um, my assumption is that we're waiting on our permanent AD to get in place. Uh, we also have an interim softball coach. And those seasons, I mean, we're in the middle of those those, those softball kicks off practices, I guess, in January. And um, indoor track has already started, so I know the interims are working. But uh, we, we, you know, the, the student deserve the student athletes deserve to know who lead who going to lead those programs. And so, hopefully, 
and, and around the nation, we need to make sure that we are uh, are keeping our eyes on the things that matter, and, and we uh we uh, uh follow up on that, and make sure that that process get done. And um, of course, when AD gets in, she has some in a lot of vacant positions she'll have to deal with too. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, Kofi, final final thoughts here on the show. Now, that was great, man. Uh, you know, just everything, man. I, I think that um, that was a lot to chew on, you know. Um, you know, to hear that some of the processes that we have in place regarding scheduling as well as our compliance issues and, and stuff like that, I think it's a big deal. I would say, you know... <laughs> So funny. I would say going into um, the year, man, I think that it's important for us to follow through with Dr. Robinson and all these different things that he said that he was going to do, because uh, it's necessary if we're going to go to the next level and we have to have his input and follow through before Tiffany Sykes gets here. I think that it's unfair to put all of that load on her um, when you have the wherewithal to get certain things done. Um and I'm glad that AD, I'm sorry, not AD Lawson, um, Chairman Lawson said something in regards to him um, not receiving his bonus until that stuff got cleared and taken care of. So hopefully we're headed in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Good point. I, I missed the end of that. What did they finally decide and conclude on that? I didn't catch the end of that. I heard that when they were going through that debate about that. Uh, but, uh, I can't say exactly what they're going to do, but you know, it was just simple for me. I was, I was good with them saying, at least acknowledging the fact that he don't need to get a bonus until he handles athletics. And sure. that's key. Yep. Even yep. though chairman Lawson oversaw the whole thing, <laughs> oversaw <laughs> athletics yeah. that was part of his assignment. So I'm kind of like, who's going to check his tail, you know, and put him in order. Cause that's what that's all about. But there you go. There you go. All right. Uh, wanna uh, before uh, thanks again to everybody. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. That's been watching on uh, YouTube and uh, and on Facebook. I know it might have looked a little weird. Might have looked a little off, but uh, appreciate you uh, hanging in there with us. Uh, the audio came through clear, so uh, appreciate all you guys in the chat room. Again, hit the thumbs up on the way out. Uh, make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ONG Strike Zone. Go download the Jericho Broadcast Networks app on the Google Play and Apple App Store. And the audio version of this show will, will sound perfect. And you can listen to it via the BCSN Pod Zone. And you can go uh, download the podcast. It'll be available uh, in the morning later tonight if you missed the first half of the show with uh oh wow somebody just dropped some interesting nuggets there about vincent dancy huh that's interesting <clears throat> um but anyway uh you can download the bcsn pod zone apple, uh, apple podcast nice. podcast spotify um amazon music uh all those places that you go and listen to podcasts go listen bcsn pod zone you can also donate to the show. You can do it right via a super chat right there in the YouTube feed, or you can uh, drop it on Cash App. That's dollar sign, my JBN, my BCSN. 
We are planning to do some uh, big things in 2023 and need your support to help make it happen. So we appreciate you, Rattler Nation. Again, thanks to our guests, uh, Reggie Thomas, for joining us, The Underdog. That's D-A-W-G.com. And, of course, thanks to our head ball coach, uh, head coach Willie Simmons. Congratulations again to uh, Coach Simmons and Dominique Washington on their recognition via the uh, AFCA and AVCA. And um, basketball has been on hiatus, so basketball will start picking up here uh, uh, probably next week after they get out of finals. So we'll have plenty to talk about next week relating to basketball. And uh, maybe we'll put together our end-of-the-year Christmas wish list for FAMU Athletics. We're still on the hunt for AD Tiffany Dawn Sykes. We know she's out there. We're just waiting for her to come on in. We're waiting. We're here. We're here, Tiffany Dawn, AD, VP Sykes. We're here. Come on. Come on. Come on. We're here. All right, that's going to do it for my guys, Kelvin, Kofi, for our producer, Mel. My name is Brian Fulford. You guys have been great. Make sure to uh, spread some Christmas love, the Christmas spirit, and uh, don't forget, Rattler Nation, to make sure to strike, strike, and strike again. Peace out, everybody.